1: Hey there, Mackie and Judd with Rami listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you. I promise.
2: I don't like it infringing on, on my potential double chin. When
3: you say potential double chin? Hold on a second. It's <laughs> a double chin. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Romy. With
4: Rami.
1: Judd, sing along.
2: Let's celebrate. I can't do it anymore. I'm, too, uh, I'm too down. I'm too this down
5: is a day for it. celebration.
1: What, why is that?
2: Why are you celebrating? What could you be it's celebrating? A,
1: it's a day for celebrating what Judd Zolgad has wanted for at least the last two years, maybe even going further back into the Parisi Souter era, which is. All right, you're right. Bottom out. You're right. I've been talking about this for three years now, but never like this before.
2: Like this is the this is the ultimate this is off the charts. I was talking about will get sorta of bad. This is as bad as you could possibly get. Well and here, you're right.
1: And, he, and here it is. By the way, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Rami, uh I have not checked in with Rami after his claim that he was gonna go tour some of the fine establishments oh, of Twin right. Cities last night. That's right. What happened I, with that? I don't know. Do we know yeah. I don't know if I wanna know. He didn't live tweet it. That's probably for the best. Is it? Has he tweeted at all today? Is, I don't know. Has anyone heard from Robbie? <laughs> Maybe
0: he's still there. Maybe he doesn't know what time it is. It is easy
1: to lose track of you time know, at the can finest gentlemen's clubs.
2: A, a guy's a question about that. So, has there ever been a guy who's about to go to a strip club who does not begin the sentence with "Now"? I don't really like these places. No, I seriously don't personally. But like every time, t- every time somebody asks, "Well, oh, you haven't? No,
0: never. I mean, it's never worth really going, had
2: the interest. It's okay going in one, but Internet's He started. He started out yesterday by saying, Now I don't really enjoy going to these places. Like when's the last guy who's been like Oh you man Oh okay, here's the deal. I am a huge fan of strip clubs. (laughs) Well you just sound weird. No, I know, but
6: I just love I've got a rewards card (laughs) over (laughs) at the
1: booth. (laughs) Yeah. We we got a free works? lap dance with our tenth visit. It'd be great. Yep. yep, yep. It's a little punch card. Anyway, so check on Rami, somebody out there. If you could let him let him know that we are thinking about him. We should text uh, him. We should text Monday. him and find I'll text him. out. Sure.
2: Find out so, if, if he went and got a bunch of dollar bills. You don't. You doing okay, buddy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just shoot him a little note. See what happens. So here's yeah, what's going on? Here's the start of the season for our Minnesota Wild. Oh boy. Yeah. One one and six record. Yep. The worst goal differential in the NHL—it's a minus fifteen after two weeks. Yeah, one in six. Uh, it happens, yeah. And the <laughs> fewest points in the NHL—the Wild uh, t- so far have two points on the season. Everybody else in the league has at least three, and I believe everyone in the conference has at least four. So they're 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 at bottom. I know we're only two weeks into this thing. Yep. But they are at the absolute bottom. Yep. And Jason Zucker, after the game last night, said, and I'm going to I'm going to read this. I know that. Tone is important here, so, but I'm just going to read this. Okay. I think more than a meeting, and they had a players-only meeting last night, according to of course uh, they Mike Rousseau. Yep. I think more than a meeting is going to have to jumpstart us, to be honest with you. It's going to be each individual guy from Bruce on down. Mm-hmm. If you would have ended it with that, I'm with you. I would have been okay. Yep. And then he says, Bruce has got to be better. Yep. We've got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. That's it. Yep. I took that, and again, I wasn't standing next to him when he said this. I'm just sort—I mean, it's—it's obviously you can read quotes and tone is important and things like that. But I put myself in the skates or the shoes of Jason Zucker, and I think, "Ooh, that is—that's really disrespectful." And I'm not saying that Bruce Boudreau has been the perfect coach this season, but I do think Bruce Boudreau. And again, I'm not the hockey guy in this show. You are, so you tell me, but. I think Bruce Boudreau is one of the best coaches in the NHL the last 20 or 25 years. I know he doesn't have a Stanley Cup championship. He does have the second highest active point percentage among coaches in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And almost every team he goes to, they they, they tally a 100 points in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And they score a bunch of goals. Mm-hmm. And they've done that here in Minnesota a couple times, too. And so even if he isn't having a great year coaching, I, I need someone... Higher up on the rung than Jason zucker to be the one that says it out loud well I, I that landed wrong with me and I think it's disrespectful I agree um so let's start with this
2: what what's your what's your favorite term is it self- awareness be self aware yeah okay y- your team's awful you have two goals Jason does, but your team's awful and, and I kid you not when i am this is not hyperbole I'm not trying to be a smart ass here I'm not trying to be overly critical here. But, for instance, right now, watching Eric Stahl, to me, I have empathy. I'm sad for him. He can barely move out there. He's awful. Like, he's unplayable. Unplayable. He shouldn't be playing. Um, Parisi is a shell of, of who Zach was. They're an aging team that is so slow, it's hard to watch. And, and because they're slow, they can't get to pucks. The skill is way down there. They're a young team that lacks dynamic players who best case are learning right now, okay? But nobody can be like, I got this. Yeah. So to go back to your favorite term, if you're Jason Zucker in this time right now, how are you not more self-aware to say, we're all playing really poorly right now? You know, if you want to say Bruce deserves better, that's fine. But this comes back to a question of how dense are you To bring up the head coach. Now, if this was a good team, like, let's say they had a really good team still. Let's say it's 2015 or something like that. And he says this. I think it's a dumb thing to say, but I get it. You're feisty. You're mad. Your team's good. But this team is far, and this is what I don't know if fans don't want to hear this. They don't like this. They don't get this. This is really a situation where if you're self-aware, you're saying, we're not a very good team right now. The reality, if you want to go, if you want to say something that's going to cause like shockwaves, you could say, I don't know that we're a good team, period, here, because that's the truth. Now, now I get it. People are going to say, well, a player's not going to say that. But, but to bring up the head coach's name, and this guy has to, you know, Bruce is the guy that after every one of these games has to watch this Drek and then come out there and answer to Russo and Sarah and Dane. And all these people who ask the same questions, and it's not their fault. But but, you know, you're slow. You lost the same way again. You gave up four quick goals tonight. What happened there? And Bruce so far has done a very good job of not naming names, not indicting play. You know, he could easily say, "I've coached a lot of stars, and let me tell you, these guys suck." Like he could say that.
1: Um, He might at some point.
2: But after (laughs) and after the loss at Toronto on Tuesday, Russo asked again. You know, basically, you're just your team's so slow. And Bruce, as calmly as possible, looked at Mike and said, yeah, but this is our team. Like, this isn't, we're, we can't change this right now, Mike. We're, we're. And so for Jason Zucker then to come out and act like I'm a good player and and I've got the street cred to bring up the coach as the one name, it might have been hard to do, but if you're going down this path, you need to go down the path of saying, watching Eric Stahl play right now is really difficult. Like, if you're going to go down the... Down this path, which, by the way, I would suggest you don't go down. But if you're going to take this path, you know, I'm watching a lot of my older teammates right now who aren't doing their job at all. If you want to name names, I would suggest you don't, but you certainly can but to point, the only name that you name is, is the coach, and, yeah. and then Phil quickly. No, the no other. Take,
4: no, go ahead. The other Explore thing for
2: the space. The other thing that really frustrates me about this is, is the reaction of wild fans. Then to be like, "Well, you didn't hear the tone, and you don't know," and and he's right to light Bruce up. You brought up the statue yourself. Under what premise is he right to mention the coach here? He's not, and for him to now basically say, well, yeah, we've all got to do... No, this starts with you, buddy, and it starts with your teammates. And Bruce Boudreaux took this job, no, I think three years back or so, because this was seen as being the team... He was going to be the final piece to this puzzle, which, by the way, includes a lot of these current players, to win a Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And, dude, Jason Zucker, I got news for you. The team stinks. You're not good yourself right now. And you might not be good, period. So let's all just realize if nothing else just come out and say we might not be good
1: you know i this this is apples to oranges a little bit but with bruce boudreaux's credibility and i think he i think he has a lot of credibility he's been a a really really successful regular season coach and the knock on him obviously has been losing game sevens in postseason series and getting bounced he's never won a stanley cup and like we could explore that as a nitpick but he's been a great regular season coach Flip Saunders, apples to oranges a little bit. Flip Saunders was a great regular season coach, right? He took teams with one superstar and role players, and they won 50 games on a regular basis. He goes to Detroit, and I get that that Detroit team was amazing, and that was kind of a Larry Brown team, but great regular season coach. So I see a couple parallels there. Just likable figures, right? Respected Respected, people behind the scenes. Respected, definitely. And I'm trying to think, you know, whether it's with Flip Stint in Washington for a couple years or when he came back to the Wolves and they weren't very good, if somebody would have spoken publicly, Tone or not, like forget right. about Tone for a second, I, and Dennis. brought up his name and said, You know what? Everyone's got to be better. Flip's gotta be better. Everyone from Flip on the all the way down's gotta be better on this team. And if it and if it was someone other than Kevin Garnett. Zach Parisi or Ryan Suter would be the Kevin Garnett in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say it, I'm trying to think of who was on those teams a few years ago. Let's say it was like, uh, I don't know, like a pretty good, like Zucker's a pretty good player. Let's whoever that equivalent was. Let's say it was Gorgie Jang or something. Yeah. like a pretty good player, like Thad
2: Young, right? The guy
1: that got yeah like, Thaddeus Young. Yeah, that's a great a bad, example. Not a bad player. Yeah, good player, but like certainly not a franchise changing player, right. which is what Jason Zucker is. Right. And 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 if he would have said, you know what, we just got to be better. Everyone from the top down, everyone from flip all the way down, flip's got a coach better. Like, whoa, dude. Right. Whoa. Yes. That's how I felt when I read that quote last night. And this is a perfect segue into the second part of this conversation. And also, you know, I like to use self awareness on the show. The other thing I like to say is the gap between reality and expectations. And anyone who expected the wild to still be on the upswing or for them to still be, I mean, look at the, look at the roster. For God's sakes. I mean, I know. Miko Koivu is 36 years old now. Zach Parisi, Ryan, they're 35 years old. These guys are 35 year old players. Mm-hmm. They signed these guys with a five year window of prime left, maybe even like a two or three year window of prime left, hoping that it would pay off in those five or six years. They made the playoffs a bunch. It was fun. It was good regular. It was relevant regular season hockey. We packed the arena for six years. It was great. And this is what you're left with. Yeah. You're left with a declining roster. Your your trajectory as a franchise is going the wrong way, and I think we should stop resisting it. I know you think we should stop resisting. it. Oh, I've been I've been for stopping for two years. I think we should celebrate this. It was yes. a super fun five or six year run. Yes, and now the best thing that can possibly happen is for this one in six start to turn into the best odds to win the number one overall pick in the NHL draft lottery. I mean, in fact, I did a little digging on this, Jud Zolgab. So. The last ten years or so in the NHL, mm-hmm. the last ten years, the majority of the Stanley Cup championships have come from the Capitals, Penguins, Blackhawks, and Blues. The the Caps and the Blues have won the last couple. Uh, the Penguins have won two or three in the last ten years, and the Blackhawks have won three in the last ten years or so. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go through those rosters for a second. Okay, Capitals, the two horses on that team: Ovechkin and Backstrom, number one and number four overall picks. Crosby and Malkin with Pittsburgh, number one and number two overall picks. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, number one and number three overall picks. Yep. And then even with the Blues, Tarasenko was a number sixteen overall pick. Uh, the Kings won a cha- won a couple championships in that stretch, right? Kopitar was the number eleven overall pick. So yes, I like to make fun of hockey because hockey is super random. You can just put dudes on the ice and like a puck goes off someone's ass, but like. The blueprint for winning a Stanley Cup championship is top end talent, top end centers, right? Which they don't have any good ones right now. Go, so go get them by being really bad exactly and right. drafting number two but, overall this upcoming draft.
2: So what, so why, so when it comes to Craig Leopold, just give into it. Like you tried. Here's the thing. It was a great was super fun. Here, yeah, was super but, fun. But here's the thing. If Craig Leopold was a cheap SOB, who never signed a guy, okay? And they get bad. Then, yeah, it stinks. It's not fun. You're watching a bad team. If Craig had looked at in 2012, been like, I could get Parisian Suter, but I don't want to pay them. And, like, you know what? We still get enough people. We're not packed, but we get enough people and we get veteran players. And, yeah, let's just get, you know what? Then I get it. Then it's just rip them, whatever. But in his case now, I don't understand this holding on to, no, no, we still, and I I know he wants to sell tickets. But as, as I keep saying now, embrace the suck. You suck. Embrace it. And the other thing is, and I don't think that this, in this town, gets talked about enough is, it's 2019. If you embrace the suck, you're on the ground floor if in five years, six years, whatever, there's a Stanley Cup being paraded down 94. 94 has been closed from Minneapolis to St. Paul or vice versa. And there uh, there's a motorcade, convertibles going down. And in the back of one of those is a Stanley Cup. Embracing the suck of 2019-20 will be the ground you will have been on the ground floor of a team that tore it down on purpose because there's because I don't like this one, the Tigers. You're awful and you're like, yeah, yeah, but we still got Cabrera." No, you're you're bad. You're bad, yeah. you're bad. Baltimore Bravo, the Orioles. You, you're doing it right. The Houston Astros embraced the suck, yeah. and now they're great. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, hey, the 76ers. Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Don't know if it will work, but you're embracing it. So, for Craig, embrace this now. And and here's the, here's the caveat that most teams don't have that's a nice little carrot on the stick. Kirill Kaprasov, who's playing in the KHL, which is a pretty good league in Russia... I believe, is almost certainly going to come here next year. Now, he's not a center. He's a wing. But guess, guess what he can do? He can score goals. He can snipe. Snipers and centers, Phil, are incredibly hard to, to find. The Wild expansion franchise in what? 2000, 2001? Has had one. Marion yeah. That
1: That's their only sniper. Also, by the way, you want to know where he was drafted? Not 20th overall. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Not 20th overall.
2: But So don't don't fight this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fight. I am. It's seven games in, and I'm not sitting here being like, man, going to be a long winter. It's going to be no fun. No, this is great. I'm sitting here saying, you middling SOBs for how long that forced me to watch you go to the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. This is our ice. Oh, we got beat in the first round. What happened? Well, you couldn't get to the net against the Blues because you had no sniper and you had no heart. That's done. And here's the other thing, too, and you're going to hear this. (laughs) You're going to hear this one. Well, Fenton really screwed him up because he traded Nino and Coyle and Granlund. The Niederreiter trade's awful. Okay, we, we too bad. It's it is the it will be I think forever the worst trade in franchise history. It is Brock for Bruglio. There's no question about it. It's terrible. But as far as Coyle and Granlund go, getting more w- would have been great. But the trade off there is they were middling players. They were never going to get you. Like, it wasn't like Charlie Coyle, the light was going to go on, and you were going to say, Charlie Coyle's your guy now. Charlie Coyle and Granlin were always going to be who they are, which is probably better players than the two guys that they were traded for, but they were going to keep you in that nether world of yeah. we're okay. So this is seriously one of the most excited times for me as a, a sports observer in, in this town in a long, long time. This is what I've wanted.
1: And I think I just articulated why. And so did you. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's kind of sometimes it can be kind of fun to root for the long term success by rooting for short term failure, right? And I have this debate sometimes with sports fans that we well, are not a true fan if you're rooting for your favorite team to lose. And I completely disagree. I think if you're rooting for short term, one step, take one step back to take two steps forward in the future. Mm-hmm. And listen, if the wild had gotten off to a better start, I'm guessing you still would have been. Hey, this is all a mirage, and this is all fake. Like I'm sure that's where you would have come from. And I might have, I might have said, you know what? Let's let let's let this play out and see what happens. If it was six and one instead of one and six, I might have said, you know what? All right, new GM, new vibe, new some new players here. Let's see what happens. But now that you've started one and six, and you, like I said off the top of the show, you have the worst goal differential. It's not like, oh man. They're playing really well and they just have had a couple puck luck losses, right? They're just getting smoked in these games and yeah. they're falling behind 3 0 early. And like, it's the eye test doesn't match up, um, but you're still kind of clinging to a lot of the core pieces that you've had for the last eight or nine years. I think, and I, we're saying this, you know, we might as well make it official. On this show, going forward, we have one vision for this team, and it's to draft number one overall in the 2020 NHL draft. So if we. Get, that, get the lottery two, two two things have to happen they got to finish with a bad record so that they have a good chance to get step 2 which is win the draft lottery mm-hmm. and i don't even know who the prospects are i don't know is there is there like a there's franchise not, changing there's guy
2: a, there's not a crosby type
1: okay but what there's but a bunch maybe next players. year this might be a multi year process but let's Kaprasov have fun with huge. this Kaprasov is huge if if he comes here
2: he gives you the type of player that you simply don't have and by the way too and he was he
1: wasn't even he was like a he wasn't a first round player. No, paint, right? because he,
2: was, he, he was, uh, there, there was fear he wouldn't leave.
1: So that's why he
2: went not And later. so he, yeah, but, but I think he's going to now. And the thing about this team too is, and Bruce continues to, to talk about the fact that they've given up goals in like three goals in a brief time period. And then they give up four goals in a, brief, uh, watch them play though. They simply can't score. Yeah. So like your choice is if, if and when they tighten up defensively. And let's say they don't give up four goals in a brief time. They're going to lose two to one, three to one. So just accept it. Like watch this team and accept the fact this is the worst national hockey league team I have seen in this town since the 87, 88 Stars. Guess what that yielded them, Phil Mackey? Guess what that got them? Yeah. Lou Nanny, number one overall pick, took Mike Madonna. Yeah. And Louie has also talked that that year he, he went to the guns who owned the North stars and said, I can try and milk us wins into the playoffs or gentlemen, we can bail. And if we bail, there's two prospects that are fantastic Yeah,
1: loose. Uh, by the way, Lou might've been the first one during this stretch of, he might've been earlier than you were when it came to, because well, he he's done it. <laughs> he's done it. Yeah.
2: But they got Mike Madano and the league is a lot different now than it was back then, but they got Mike Madano then in, I believe June of 88. And by the ninety ninety one season, guess what? They made a magical run through the playoffs
1: because that's hockey. Yeah, they also you could make the case, and it, it took a while to. So, Madonna broke into the league what nineteen eighty
2: nine? Yeah, he. I think he played another year of juniors because of uh, contractual issues, and then uh, broke in after yeah. that.
1: So it took it took, took a while five or six years for that. I, I know they made the magical run. Um, oh, then but, they got really. But good in terms Dallas. of like really good regular season yeah. success, they were a first place team. For six years, starting in like nineteen ninety six, basically. Yep. So you, so you know, the, the blueprint's sort of in front of you. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, yes, there's a lot of small sample size luck in hockey, but you better have a top talent, mm-hmm. specifically a top center Standard. talent. Yep, and understand. so again, like I think we can, I think we can have fun with this. This doesn't have to be. Like you're saying, don't fight this. Let's have fun with this all season. This isn't, they're not going to turn this around and make, they, they ain't winning the Stanley Cup this year, folks, even if they turn things around a little bit. And they'll continue to say, but, but the Blues did it. And you'll be like, you're not the Blues. I think we need to provide a comfortable environment for our friends in St. Paul and say, listen, we got your back on this. Yeah. Lose some games. Yeah. We support this mission. Yes. To build a great young nucleus. And you could argue, They've been around for twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty years of wild hockey. Mm-hmm. They've only had two top top picks. They've never had a number one overall pick. They've only had two top five picks: Marion Gaborik and Benoit Pouliot. Right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> to have this much to remind me of that. One, I mean, yeah. think about it, they've gone to a conference finals. They've made the playoffs probably more often than they've missed in the twenty years. It's probably ten or eleven playoff appearances, something like that and they've done it mostly without top top talent outside of signing Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. And Zach Parise is a really good player, but he like he's a hard worker. He's yeah, he even in his peak he was he's not a sniper. Yeah, he was Absolutely. never Absolutely. So so I say super fun 20 years. The last 6 years have been great. Right. All right, let's let's get bad to to, to become what you what you could be at your peak. And let's do it smart. Yeah. Cuz the Wolves,
2: you know, for years and years didn't. Let's do this smart. Let's do it in a smart, efficient way. I don't want, you know, let's not have this be five years of bad hockey. But let's say, you know what, if if it's two years or so, that's fi- absolutely fine. But if that's what it takes, because it doesn't take a ton. If that's what it takes to, to procure the talent that is going to make you not just a playoff contender, because that got old, right? Yeah. Six consecutive years. By the fifth or sixth year, you're like, okay, you made the playoffs, but what are you doing? Make it so that it's a Bill Guerin Leopold coherent plan to actually make playoff pushes. Because I will say this: there is nothing better in the spring than a long playoff run. Yeah. It's fantastic,
1: Jonathan. I got to say, I've been talking wild hockey with Judd for six years now. Mm-hmm. This is the most at peace I've ever seen Judd talking wild hockey. There's zero outrage. No, nope. I mean the Zucker stuff. We were a little bit mad about that just because, dude. Come on, man. Like, have some awareness, right? But like, Judd is sitting here. As calm, got my got a little, he's in a little hooded sweatshirt. Yep, he's like he's not worked up. He's not sweating. There's a little bit
0: of rant, but it's something that he's been excited to be able yeah. to do for a while. now. Oh right, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly Usually
1: right. Usually when Judd when 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 there's angst about the wild, I mean Judd's like you know clutching his temples when he yep. talks about them. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's backing away
2: from the mic because his voice is getting louder. <laughs> but Phil can track my plan here. I mean this but this is a plan I've been now now. I didn't know if they would actually get this bad, but this is a plan we've been discussing for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Since you've been talking, since you guys have had a show together, is this
0: the most excited you've been about the future of the wild? Um,
1: uh, the early Parisi Suitor years, yeah. when when Granlund, when yeah. before we knew that those guys, that like coiled Granlund and those guys were going to be mediocre,
2: the most excited we were, both of us, and was probably the year that they beat Colorado in seven games in the first round. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, that's where Phil actually predicted that N- Nino was going to score the. <laughs> that's when the hockey for game winner. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I predicted before Game 7, I predicted not only that the Wild would win, but that Nino Niederreiter would score a game-winning goal in overtime. And he did. And it happened. That's amazing. That was exciting.
2: But I really think the last three years or so, we've both been like, okay, so you made the playoffs, you didn't make the play. it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah.
1: So, listen, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get angst on this show? Well, you're only going to get angst if they they resist the direction that they're going in.
0: And they start to try and win games. Yes. Well, yeah. They just you're you're
2: not good, and it's fine. Yeah.
1: Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North app. Rami's out today, back at full strength on Monday. And uh, if you missed it last night, if you want to go back and listen on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami podcast feed, I had a one hour sit down with Ryan Saunders about what it's like. and Both of us have a shared experience losing a parent earlier in life than uh, than is ideal, and it's the probably the most he's opened up about Flip Saunders. And the last four or five years, it's a super deep conversation, different than the normal vibe of our Mackie and Jubb with Rami show. So check it out anywhere you find podcasts, Mackie and Jub with Rami, Apple, Spotify, Score North app. We'll do a few things the rest of the show. We'll uh, catch up with Callum Williams to preview Minnesota United's first playoff game, Jason Fitz, our football-loving friend from ESPN. Uh, and also write that down coming up at the top of the hour. But let's first talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help all you business owners out there, and they've been doing so for over a 100 years. Uh, Federated also, we've got a 6-0 and Gophers team, and Federated is a proud sponsor of University of Minnesota Athletics and also Turnovers for Kids, every forced turnover by the Gophers defense. And I'm going to guess, based on the fact that Rutgers had one passing yard last week, there's going to be some money generated for Turnovers for Kids. How many yards was that again for Rutgers? I believe one. That's right. One yard passing. What's this, 1929? In the air. Okay, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, it's the, the wing, the wing T formation here, Ruckers. So, Federated is, uh, they're, they're, they're big when it comes to helping business owners and they're big when it comes to donating to, uh, entities like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So, just stop by their website, federatedinsurance.com to find out more about the industries Federated protects and to find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jubb with Rami. Uh, Tom Roller tweets into the show, loyal listener. So does your stance on Wild uh, Let me let me start that sentence over again. Okay. Uh, does this mean no Judbot this season? He tweets in. Judbot usually comes out to rip the wild. Yeah, he's m- more negative to. than I am. I think I think Judbot can still make appearances. Judbot's still gonna have things to say. Yeah, Judbot's not me. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't I don't speak for him and vice versa. No. Uh, Judbot's having a little bit difficulty adjusting to our new time slot over the last year though. We Judbot's more of a morning guy. So we'll have to see if we can get Judbot as <laughs> a time. Is in he really more of a morning guy? Happy hour. I think he's more. He looks th-
0: like a business guy in the web. He's at
1: the bar right, that's right now. That's, that's the problem. He thinks he should go drinking at
2: 3:30 and I said we don't start till 4, Judbot and he's like I don't care.
1: Speaking of guys that go drinking at 3:30. <laughs> Let's welcome Callum Williams into the show. He's a Brit, right voice now. I bet. And face of I Minnesota bet he's a United. Uh, well, just make sure you're not drinking at three thirty on Sunday because it's a seven. O- <laughs> it's a seven o'clock pregame and a seven thirty ish. Is it seven thirty ish? What's the official kickoff time? Seven forty three. Seven forty three. Okay. <laughs> very NFL like of that. Yes, against much so. <laughs> LA Galaxy, the first ever playoff game for Minnesota United. All right, Cal. How are you gearing up here in the next forty eight hours?
7: Um, well. I am drinking. <laughs> I did not tell them that, Cal. I did not pre-warn Cal.
2: them that you told me you cracked a loon juice. Cal, it's Friday. It's absolutely fine to be drinking.
7: I think it's okay as well. And I, I'm drinking a partner as well. I'm drinking loon juice. So I'm drinking a partner's beverage. Wow. So right it's okay. Hand. And I'm, I'm still within the office confines as well. So I think it's perfectly acceptable. I'm drinking a partner's... Um, alcoholic beverage whilst I'm working. I think that's perfectly acceptable here on a Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah. Loon Juice, always on brand. Callum Williams, always on brand. <laughs> so, all right, for people, I think my guess is, as the season has progressed here, you've probably uh, you've got the attention of a lot more casual fans, and I'm going to guess that Sunday you're going to have people that maybe haven't been watching all season and don't know anything about L.A. Galaxy. So what? how would you preview this and Minnesota United's chances against L.A. Galaxy on Sunday?
7: I would preview it as the most difficult yet the most peculiar opportunistic evening in the history of Minnesotan soccer. Um, I think Minnesota United, should they beat a very, very good L.A. Galaxy side, uh, on paper anyway, then I think it will go down as one of the the greatest nights in in Minnesotan soccer history, and and I think the the Minnesotan sports scene will be gripped. Um obviously I heard you talking about some of the other sports there. It's not going very well uh for the wild at the moment. Uh obviously the Timberwolves are uh still in preseason or just about to start. The Vikings have been okay. Um and uh, the twins are obviously finished. So I, I think um you know, this is uh you know, if you're looking for something new, as you're a Minnesotan sports fan and you're looking for something new and you haven't quite grasped onto the idea that soccer is the world sport and it's in your city or your cities and it's available to you, I would suggest you tune in to what is going to be a historic evening at Allianz Field on Sunday. The game is on ESPN on the television, but more importantly, it's on BGRI Airways on Score North as well. So um, it's going to be a fabulous evening. And uh, I think it's safe to say uh, the entirety of the sports market in the northern reach of the country, as well as the Californian reach as well, He's very much looking forward to
2: it. Hey, Cal, what what uh, strategically are the Loons going to have to, to do, or what's their best bet if they're to uh, win this game? What style of play or, or what alterations are they going to have to make uh, to try and get past the uh, LA team?
7: Um, so the thing is, is the Galaxy have this center forward up front. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, I suggest you look him up. So it's an individual called Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now, Ibrahimovic is uh, still, in my mind, one of the best players in the world, um, may very well be his last game in Major League Soccer on Sunday If reports uh, circulating earlier today, are led to believe he could be heading back to Manchester United or very well back to Europe in general. Um, he has scored 30 goals this year. So... The main thing for me here, chaps, is you have to stop the service. There's far too much attention on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and for a very good reason, no doubt. You hasn't scored 30 goals for no reason in a single season. Um, but there's two players that operate either side of him as well. The, the fellow attackers on the right-hand side, you'll find an individual called Uriel Antuna, who is a Mexico international. And on uh, the opposite flank is an Argentine winger, who arrived from the biggest club in Argentina, Boca Juniors, who goes by the name of Christian Pavon. Now, uh, both of those players have done very well indeed. Pavon arrived late in the season, but in his 11 games uh, that he's played for LA Galaxy, through nine of them, he's either had the opportunity of claiming an assist or a goal, and he's more than played his part in the fact that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has got 14 goals in the last 10 games. Now, focusing on the Minnesota United side of things, with all that in mind, the Loons have to be very, very careful. Um, Roma Metinier will play a big part in this game. The right-back to Minnesota United, who is very abrasive and a modern-day right-back. And what I mean by that is that he joins in on the attack when Minnesota have the ball and are in transition and move forward. I think he has to be a little more reserved this Sunday evening because he'll be going up against the Argentine individual I just spoke about, Christian Pavon, who, if Metinier gets caught up the field, I think Pavon will be rubbing his hands together thinking, oh, look at all this space I have in front of me, and he can tear it up for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So it's a big day for Minnesota United. On paper, LA Galaxy have the better team, but we all know how difficult it has been for teams to come into Allianz Field this season and not only try and win, but just get any sort of positive results.
1: Okay, Callum, uh, by the way, voice and face of Minnesota United, uh sometimes radio, but most of the time TV broadcasts. Uh so including including your wedding, where does elimination soccer rank in terms of things you get excited about in life?
7: <laughs> <laughs> including my wedding. Oh well, uh I'll ask you the missus isn't listening because playoff soccer is about the peak, isn't it, really? I mean that's <laughs> better than that. So.
2: I love that answer. <laughs> I love the honesty.
7: <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's the luge talking. It's going to be great. <laughs>
7: yeah. It's going to be great, guys. It really is. Like as I said, it's going to be a historic day on Sunday, and, and I really think the luge has got an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I failed to, to mention in the previous question the three players that I'm assuming will play underneath the centre forwards: uh, Kevin Molino, Darwin Quintero and uh, Robin Lurge. um, you know, all three are the best footballers that Minnesota United have at their disposal. Um, and whoever does play up front will be given a lot of opportunities with those three playing behind them. So we'll wait and see. But, um, you know, here's hoping Minnesota United can go on to the conference semifinals for the first time.
1: Minnesota United, LA Galaxy, 7 p.m. pregame on Sunday. After Vikings Ventline, by the way. Judd and Danny are going to be doing Vikings Ventline line in the afternoon, and leading up, pretty close anyways, leading up to Minnesota United LA Galaxy, the first ever playoff game in Minnesota United's MLS history, and the first ever playoff game at Allianz Field. Cal, we love talking with you, and uh, we'll see if we're uh, maybe talking about the next round next week.
7: Look forward to it chaps, and uh, have a good show as always. All right,
1: Thanks. On. All right, that's uh, Callum Williams more excited for elimination soccer than his own wedding a couple of years ago.
2: Weddings are fun, and they're nice, but he probably isn't wrong. Yeah, I mean... I can't blame him. Like, okay. <clears throat> for your nuptials, if you had your choice, seriously, yeah. World Series game, Twins, so not just World game Series. Game 7. Yeah, Game 7, Twins. I've been to two, I will tell you right now. Church is nice, but <laughs> the metric I mean, was rocking. I can't even get
1: in trouble for this, Super Bowl. my gal would say, we should have gone to a courthouse six months ago anyway, okay. so... Okay, well then you <laughs> can I,
2: answer I truthfully. Okay. <laughs> Super Bowl, Vikings, Jonathan's right, Game 7, World Series... Well, and heck, I mean, it, it might not happen in your lifetime, but Wolves, NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, game, game
1: 7. Game 7 Twins World Series ranks ahead of like almost anything in my I have an life. addition
0: in there. Yeah. Gophers in the Rose Bowl, because I know you're a U of M guy. That
1: would be cool, by the way. Wow, Gophers in the Rose Bowl. You know what? I mean, it might be, because I'm, I'm getting married in late December, so I'll, I might just stay out West, actually, and... <laughs> Knock both out in the same uh, two week period. that'd be an go. elite decision right there, <laughs> Phil Mackey it's
5: an a hell elite of a decision.
1: see what happens uh, sp- speaking of that's a great good segue because one of the questions I want to ask Jason Fitz because Jason Fitz is part of the countdown to college game day crew that does their uh their social media show before college game day. How far in advance do they know the game day schedules? Because there are two calendar oh, dates for you're the go- Gophers. Oh. I just want to so see. You're you know, trying to get the inside track. I didn't, I didn't think possible. of this. You're trying to break news. Is it possible oh, we could have it. a game day situation in the Twin Cities if the Gophers keep playing well? Mm. And, and Jason would know. So we'll talk to him mm. when we come back. Then we could get him in studio. That would be fun. Yeah, he's uh, he's an awesome dude. So before we do that, TCL TVs. TCL has TV strewn all about the Scornos studios and the hallways. And, uh, we are regularly watching sports and even sometimes we'll, uh, we'll stream some non-sports. I like to stream wrestling in here sometimes. You know, I know that, uh, we've got a few people who will stream WWE pay-per-view. You can stream almost anything you can imagine because there are 5,000 plus streaming channels with the built-in Roku device on these TCL TVs. It's the best option for cord cutters too, because like I said, you can, whether you're a sports fan or movies, whatever streaming platform you can think of in your head, it's available through the built-in Roku device here. You can go to any major local retailer in the Twin Cities to see what TCL TVs are all about and why they are becoming uh, just some of the most popular uh, living room options in America. Again, it's America's fastest-growing TV brand. For a reason, you can go to the website, too. It's tclusa.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. Jonathan here with the Score North download. If you didn't hear last
0: segment, you can join Dan Tara, Callum Williams, Kinder D. St. Albany, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday for Minnesota United playoff action as they host the LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field pregame at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.43 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back. To Mackie and Judd with Rami.
1: All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Rami today. He's uh, nursing. Uh, well, let's just say he had fun last night. He's doing. I'm well. sorry. What's he nursing? He's ha- he had fun uh, last night. Good for him. Yeah. All right, our guy Jason Fitz from ESPN and the uh, and this is the, this is the segue here, the countdown to College Game Day program, and we have give it to us straight here, Jason. Okay, we are okay. we are okay with you shooting us down on this, but. Our college football team here, the Minnesota Gophers, not usually a team that would pop up on the radar for things such as college game day because they're mostly terrible. Uh, they have had some pop ups and they've had some really good NFL players that have come through Eric Decker, uh, Lawrence Maroney. They had some uh, Marion Barber. Like we've had, we've had some pop up seasons, but the Gophers are 6 and 0. They play Rutgers and Maryland the next two weeks. They're probably going to be 8 and 0 and ranked in the top 15. They have Penn State on the schedule as a home game on November 9th, which is also the same week that LSU and Alabama play. And they have Wisconsin at home the last week of the regular season. Is there any percent chance College Game Day could sniff around the Twin Cities?
3: No, I think so, and you know I'm not just telling you that because I like you guys. By the way, you get a day off when you when you've had too much party in last night, and it, it's the middle of the day. I'm with and you you on this. So that wasn't lost to me. I'm I'm proud of that. By the way, that, that's that's well, <laughs> yeah. that's good work by you guys, and that's part of why we want to bring Gabe day there. Heck, I mean uh, I will tell you this: today in the production meetings, as we start to look ahead to whatever what we expect to, from college football season, one of the question was asked biggest surprise is who we haven't been keeping an eye on, who we deserve to give more love to, what team should we be giving more credit to. Minnesota and Baylor were the two that came up. And, you know, Here comes game day. First time
2: Dum, ever. Dum, <laughs> uh,
3: you know, and I think, you know, when you mentioned the, the matchups coming up, they've got a couple of really winnable football games, and then we're going to find out how good they really are. And uh, this Penn State football team isn't getting as much love as I think they deserve. And, and frankly, I think they're going to go out and just absolutely thump Michigan. Uh, tomorrow night, so that's going to get a little bit more credit, a little bit more talk, but I think it's that Wisconsin game that you can sort of circle on there because Wisconsin is one of the few teams that has tried to build their, their themselves in a way that maybe could control the ball long enough to maybe keep Justin Fields off the field uh, for Ohio State, so maybe they could at least give Ohio State a game, and if they can do that, then there's going to be a lot of love for Wisconsin. Uh, I look at those two games at the end of the year as real tests for, for Minnesota and, and an opportunity to get love. And you really have to capture this. like a, As a program, when you get this sort of a start and you have this sort of momentum early on, you have to capture it because it is such a big part of how you build perception and, and recruiting and money. All of these things come. So now that you're in this golden opportunity, you've got to take advantage of it. Listen to
2: that. Jason Fitz is very excited about the potential of the Gophers being on game day. First time ever, if they get it. We'll see. Hey, how good... As, speaking of the Badgers, how good did you think that they were going to be? And because going in the the uh, to the year, the entire storyline was Big Ten West is up for grabs. There might be you know three or four decent teams, good good teams. I don't recall there ever being this much uh, conversation about the Badgers. And watching them, they are really impressive to me, Jason.
3: You know I agree with you, and and the reason that we weren't impressed enough with the Badgers is because frankly. I think history is going to look back at this era of Wisconsin football as one of the most wasted eras ever because Jonathan Taylor is not just good He's great. Mm I don't even know if he's just great. He's epic. And so you're talking about a a once-in-a-lifetime type running back that they've simply wasted because they haven't even been able to get competent quarterback play. So the the reason that we're all looking at Wisconsin suddenly and we're saying, wow, wow, how is this happening, is because Jack Cohn is not only giving them competent play, he's giving them really good play. And if you look specifically at his efficiency in games against rivals, he completed 86% of his passes against Sparty, 81% of his passes against Michigan. He played better in those games than we ever Expected, and when you get that level of quarterback play combined with the fact that the offensive line is still playing well, and combined with the fact that Jonathan Taylor is playing well, it that's what makes Wisconsin exciting to watch. I mean, they're, they're a very good football team this year, and, and look, I think you got to have great. Quarterback play to beat Ohio State. I'm not sure anybody in the country by the end of the year is going to be able to put a point against them, but I love the thought of Wisconsin coming out, slowing it down, and just trying to wear them down over the course of the game. That's the only shot you got to beat in Ohio State.
1: All right. So, Jason Fitz, you earlier this week, when you were hosting Outside the Lines, I believe you had Oliver Luck on the show, the commissioner of the XFL, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, I have so many. I could ask you like 30 minutes of XFL questions right now, but let's start with the unveiled. Their, Which, by
3: the uh, way, I'm in for. I'm I'm in for that. Whenever you want, yeah Okay.
1: Ahead. Well, let's let's start with we all let's start with a few minutes and see where this goes. So uh, they announced their quarterback list. I mean, this is the problem, right? It's there's only like 20 viable quarterbacks in the world. Period. In terms of you know trustworthy franchise guys, and they're all in the NFL. Uh, so they un- they unveil their quarterback list, and it does include some familiar names. If you watch college football, Aaron Murray, uh, Cardell Jones from Ohio State, Landry Jones. So there are some guys, Matt McLoyne that. That if you watch college football, you know who they are. But are these quarterbacks? It's it's like it's there's not even a Tommy Maddox on this list, like a guy who could maybe go to the NFL and be a starting quarterback. So that's what I'm worried about with the XFL. It's less about Vince McMahon and are they going to get it right from that perspective? I just don't know if there's enough quarterbacks in the world to make it interesting.
3: No, I agree with you, and that's going to be the biggest struggle for the league. And, and frankly, I don't understand why they rolled the draft out the way they did, because they did their draft. For anyone that didn't see, they did a snake-style draft, and they broke it down by position groups. So they actually, instead of doing rounds, they did specific you know, groups, hey, today we're drafting skill positions and next we're drafting defensive line players. They, they broke it up by group. And and in doing so, they sort of clumped it all together in this mini event in a boardroom. And, you know, if they had had the quarterbacks to to launch with, then what they would have done is a huge event somewhere in a massive city. And they would have done this big, hey, look at this quarterback going to this team and they didn't accomplish that, and and you're right. You know they they've got some quarterbacks that are brands in areas. If you want to buy that, Landry Jones being reunited with Bob Stoops is a great story. To, sure, I guess. But the other part of it, to your point, is it takes quarterbacks to fill stadiums. And I think the biggest fail that the XFL got, did is that they've already booked their leases to play in massive NFL stadiums. Ooh. So you want to tell me that the New York Guardians oh. are going to fill MetLife? No, they're not. So what you're going to see are 5,000 people sitting in a 70,000-seat stadium that nobody's going to give a damn about. And that's that's such a bad perception on TV. That's the mistake I can't wrap my head around. From Vince McMahon, who understands entertainment, go small and make it look packed. Don't go huge and make it look dull.
2: And what's weird is year after year, league after league that tries to do this, they do the same thing, right? How many of these teams think oh you know we'll play in we'll play in the Viking stadium or that and it's like no you're you're exactly right find a nice little college or find something where if it starts if it starts off slow it's not like okay we just lost all of our capital I don't understand this because there are so many uh, things and examples Jason that, that you can point to of exactly what you're talking about it's failed and the answer is very clear you need to start smaller and build up from there
1: and here real quick here's the funny thing about it. so Vince McMahon they launched NXT as a WWE Brand spinoff, so they have Raw, SmackDown, and then they they launched NXT a few years ago, kind of like a small minor league system. Sure. And they don't do those shows from twenty thousand seat arenas like they do Raw. They have a studio in Orlando that has I don't know like five hundred people or a thousand people, and and they they produce it up, and it makes it look full because it is full because it's a smaller studio. So he's he's done it with his own business, the WWE. But have fun at MetLife, Jason. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, and you're, and the other part that that just blows my mind is that most of these cities have MLS stadiums. So try and put it in the soccer stadium at least, which is only going to see, you know, twenty thousand for many of them. Some are bigger, but you know that that gives you a better opportunity to at least somewhat make it full, or to your NXT point, do what wrestling companies have done for years. If you have to. Build your own stadium somewhere with a, a, you know, cameras the way you want it and play the games in one location. Make it a draw that way. I don't know, but, but what I do know is that to y'all, to the point you guys have both made, the only way people are going to buy into the XFL is if it's sustained. And I think it's going to have to make it all the way to the year three, you know, because we've seen too many one year leagues that fold and then the second year people might start to buy in. It's going to have to get to year three. Exactly. I don't see how you do that having to pay the overhead of a stadium.
2: Okay, what, in in your mind, the uh, quick Jason Fitz solution, what can the National Football League do about officiating so that week after week after week, we are not talking about one, but as many sometimes as three or four games that were adversely impacted by the one thing that we should never have to talk about, and that is blown calls, replays, blah, blah, blah.
3: Well, uh, there's two answers to that. One, I think the league's happy because we're having conversation about it constantly. It's just like the college football playoff. It would be easier if it was eight, but what would people yell about? So I don't, think he, I don't think the league minds, and they showed you because they just did a new collective bargaining agreement with the refs, right? So they didn't change anything in there. The one thing they changed is the one thing they know they can fix. They changed the training process, and they believe as a league that over the next four to five years, the training process will make this better with the amount of young officials that they have. And that's right. I just said four to five years. So the NFL is telling you they think they have four to five years to finish this, to fix this problem. That means they're also telling you they don't think there is a problem. I, I think we just need to accept the new reality that refs aren't always very good at their job, and they're going to blow games. So you better hope your team doesn't leave it in the hand of the officials.
1: Yeah, Major League Baseball needs a, a training program, too, or it's just K-Zones. They, they're just training a room full of electronic strikes. zones. think Joe
2: West would be like, I love this training program. It's great. I'm finally learning how to call you balls know, and strikes. They
1: could put a cowboy hat on the electronic strike zone hey, so I'd be cowboy Joe that. West he can sing. Yeah.
3: Hey, I'd be in for robot referees, by the way. Like, robot <laughs> referees in football? Give that to to me all day long.
1: Put microchips
3: in everything. Make it robot referees, and then let's see if any players actually fight the refs at some point. Like now we're now we're taking this whole thing to another level. It,
1: Rob- robot, it's outside. a first
2: down. It's a first
1: down. Robot outside the lines. Host, welcome back. I am Jason Fitz. Let's talk about the XFL. I think that's a thinly veiled critique of my work. No,
2: yeah, Phil <laughs> <Bill> Mackie, Phil <laughs> <Bill> Mackie Fitz. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's well played. All right, you can hear Jason Fitz uh, early in the morning on your drive-in between 4 and 5 a.m., first and last with Jason Fitz, and also part of Goldick and Wingo throughout the morning and uh, Countdown to College Game Day. Jason, we'll talk next week, man. Thank you.
3: Hey, if, if game day makes it to Minnesota, none of none of you are making it to work. Just heads oh, up. Oh, can't wait. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Are you buying your credit card? <laughs> uh, this is awesome. I've got I've got a corporate card. Somebody somewhere along the way gave me a corporate card. We'll call it business building.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll see you next week, Jason. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, Jason Fitz from ESPN. It's been super fun having him on board.
2: Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Uh, did you hear what he said though? He basically he basically opened the door. To the fact oh, that yeah. college game day might be coming here, yeah, it's so. I, so, which week did you find that's that's the most realistic? The
1: most realistic is the last week of the season, Wisconsin, Minnesota, because it's a the Penn State, Minnesota thing. There's not really a rivalry there. I right. mean, I get that they play in the same conference, but there's not really a rivalry. And that's the weekend that Alabama plays LSU. Yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah. And you know, some people are saying, "Well, but that's a CBS game." Yeah, but they still they don't care. game day doesn't really care about that. No. Nope. But Minnesota, Wisconsin. Is it longest running rivalry in the history of college football or close to it? And I think Wisconsin's going to lose to Ohio State. They play Ohio State, I believe, between uh, then and now. The Gophers aren't going to go through Penn State and Iowa. Like The Gophers are going to lose a game or two as well. Sure. But even if that game's for the division and they're both ranked, that could be a game day spot. That could be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, Alabama-Auburn would be the other game that week. But how, how many times are you going to do Alabama yeah. for college game day? It's not really interesting anymore. Write That Down Predictions when we come back and in an accountability session. Mackie and Judd with Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three,
4: four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with Rami. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that.
1: All right, this is... This is our comeuppance every single week. We run our mouths, we make predictions, we put things on the record, and then we keep track of each other's batting averages. It's called write that down with an accountability session attached to it. Rami is not here today, but we will go through. Oh, there's a accountability there. Yes, there are, there is. And if you're a listener out there and you want to submit some predictions, I saw Mike J just submitted a prediction right before the segment started at Score North on Twitter S K O R North. You can also tweet them at me, at Phil Mackey. I am the the keeper of the spreadsheet that houses all of our uh, predictions here. We've got Manny in for predictions, too. But let's go through this. All right, we've got... Now, the, the listeners have led the batting average race for most of the season and then had a bloodbath two weeks ago to fall behind in the standings. So we'll see who's in front in the batting average race as we go through this. Uh, listeners had one prediction off the board. That was a three-item parlay. Mm-hmm. From Nate M. and I, th- this actually came off the board officially when the twin season ended. But his three Adam parlay was Goldberg defeats Ziegler in under three minutes at SummerSlam,
5: <laughs>
1: minute twenty. <laughs> Kofi Kingston retains the championship against Randy Orton at SummerSlam. It was a double count out. <laughs> and Byron Buxton will not hit for the cycle in a series the rest of the season, which was. Going against all of my Byron, I to say that's a prediction. <laughs> that's a <laughs> And well so
5: we're done. gonna
1: give him, we're gonna give Nate a home run for, the, yeah. for that three-item parlay. Been- Congratulations! <laughs> uh oh, pretty good. That uh,
2: could be bad for my. Doug, you're in danger. Uh, my batting title or batting lead could be in real trouble now.
1: See, so, a couple of listener predictions that came into To Mike, uh, Mike J said neither the Wolves or the Wild will win 30 games or more this year. Wiggins will be in the ESPN top 100 next year, <laughs> and Bruce Boudreaux will be fired before the season is over. Oh. All those seem. Well, not all of them seem realistic, but uh, Brian Brian S. said the Vikings will miss the playoffs this season because they got screwed by the refs at Green Bay on the Delvin Cook <laughs> offensive pass interference reversal. <laughs> and Ben H. said by opening day, the Twins will acquire at least three starting pitchers. At least one of them will be a 2019 Twin. At least one will be an all-star in their career. And at least one will give them an average annual value of $20 million or more. So those are listener predictions. That's really detailed right there. All right, Judd. Here's what happened to you this week. No, no, I don't no. no you I said I don't like when you start like that. You said Zach Parisi will score in the wild home opener. Uh, yep, yep, I did. It's wrong. You said Anderson Deho will get ejected from the game against the Vikings.
2: He didn't even get a 15-yard uh, uh, cheap shot penalty. Mm-hmm. I was very
1: disappointed my guy. And you said the Wolves will trade Jeff Teague before the start of the regular season. Well, they should have. Probably not going to happen at this point. <laughs> However, you did say the Gophers would beat Nebraska. <laughs> Let's do solid, just, At least one point there. We'll get to the batting averages in a second. Uh, guest predictors throughout the year. Callum Williams, who we just had on last hour, he said... Quintero would have at least 15 goals and 15 assists on the year. 10-5 and is what he had this season. Uh, James Murphy said the Twins would win the World Series. And that Jalen Ramsey would be traded to the Chiefs. Neither of those things (laughs) happened for James. How did the Chiefs not get him, by the way? That
2: really was an interesting swing and a miss by them. Probably should have tried harder.
1: Philadelphia, too, probably. I predicted Andrew Wiggins will start the season with the Timberwolves. Yeah. Like that's going to happen now, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, let's get to you.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound
1: good. Well, you did say Ike Opara would win the 2019 MLS Defender of the Year award, yeah. and you said that pretty late in the year, so we gave you a double Whoa. on that. Like he was having an amazing season defensively, and you and you've been watching all the games. So we gave you a double instead of something higher, but okay. but then you said Carson Wentz would have a. You can argue, Jonathan. I mean, I mean, if you don't like like it, it, come on, bring it
0: on. He did double the next next nearest. Yeah, you get a double. It was a landslide.
1: He's not not happy. It was a landslide. Doesn't matter. You got a double. Jonathan's mad. Carson Wentz, you said, (laughs) will have a sub-50 QBR against the Vikings. You said Zach Brown would get credited with either an interception or a fumble recovery off Kirk Cousins after running his mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, we all should (laughs) have said he's going to get
2: released because that would have been great. Amazing.
1: (laughs) Dead on. You said Wiggins will not be on the Wolves roster for the start of the season. And unless someone can find me a story to the contrary, you had a two-item parlay going back to the Super Bowl. You said the Patriots will beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, and they will be accused of cheating to win that Super Bowl by the time week one rolls around, and I missed this one a couple weeks ago.
0: I didn't see anything. I looked. I scoured the internet, and I found nothing. (laughs) Why didn't you make
2: up a story, publish it, and then bring it to Phil? Just publish it at
0: scorenorth.com? Yeah.
2: Be like, uh, John Lynn wrote
0: this. I mean, it's very clear they're being accused of cheating. Just type it, as, type it up as a Zulgad comment for
6: column. Whatever. Just you should have created like a, like a fake Twitter account, yeah, bought a fun. bunch of followers, and then just put out sources. <laughs> yeah. Patriots yeah. being accused of cheating in yeah. Super Bowl 53. Yeah.
1: How far is one there's... willing to go to get a write-that-down point? <laughs> I know there's Twins
0: tidbits. Is there
2: NFL tidbits? Um, there's Vikings tidbits. Tidbits. Well, I could have just. But, no, but yeah, you, you could in. have easily just made up some story. <laughs> Belichick steals uh, McVeigh's hair gel. <laughs> scandal at, at 10.
1: And then again at 11. <laughs> and then we'll have more of the scandal at 1 a.m. All right. Rami predicted that Wiggins would start the season with the Lakers. He actually. Mm. That was like Rami's second ever write that down session. It was at the golf show back in February. And I think he panicked because he didn't have a third one prepped out. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Wiggins will uh, start the season, he'll be traded to to the Lakers. And now he's trying to trade Cats still. It's just, (laughs) it's Rami being Rami. Uh, Now, Rami did, however, I gave him a triple on this one. He had a three-item parlay from Sunday. The Vikings will win, cover the spread of three, and the over of 44. Very nice. And he hit on all three, and I gave him a triple for that. Okay. Because the Vikings were favored to win. And you only got a double, Jonathan. Hmm. I don't like this judge. (laughs) Well, you'll have your chance next weekend. Turn about, fair play. (laughs) Now I feel sort of good about it. I forgot. All right, Manny, you said Andrew Luck would win NFL MVP this year. Uh, That didn't happen. No, you drove him into retirement.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some people are just wrong. You're driving men to retire.
1: Oh man, it's bad. However, (laughs) Manny did say the Gophers would beat Nebraska by ten points or more. And that Thielen and Diggs would each be targeted at least eight times, hey, you know, and they were. You know, I don't think I got credit for my
2: third one, right? Because I had last week Parisi wrong, Sendejo wrong. My first one and was in the, the Gophers, Gophers beat Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, we gave you that. Oh, one. you gave me that. Okay. Sorry, I stopped listening for a second.
1: Jonathan's like, what? I I turned
2: to KQ. I'm, I'm back now.
6: We <laughs> had a Mike Francesa moment. He
1: just fell asleep for a yeah, second was, there. Yeah.
2: No, I was listening to something else, I guess.
1: So here are the latest batting average standings here. Listeners are back in front, and the listeners ah. are getting 300 on the nose. Judd's batting 296. Rami's batting 288. I'm batting 262. Manny is up to 247 after a terrible start to the season. Manny, hell. On fire, baby. Ahead of both Jonathan at 234 and the guests at 222. So remember, like, Manny's last season and then the start to this season was just like, send you to double A. And now Manny's the hottest hitter we have the last two or three months. I was going to drive myself into retirement. (laughs) Well, congratulations, but you're costing
6: yourself
4: a top draft pick, so way to screw up. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, I'll we'll start
1: with Judd. Three predictions each Judd, Jonathan, Manny, and myself, Phil Mackey. My first prediction,
2: a prediction I made last year, and it almost came true, but it was foiled, but this year it won't be. Jason Zucker will be traded during the season. Do you remember that That one? Uh, no, I'm going. You no, predicted that. No, you know what? Already. I'm not. I'm not going to put it in a exact time period because <laughs> that would be very Zolgadian, and he'd be traded one day after or something. So no, I'm just going to say they will move him this time around. Yeah, you had he's predicted
1: a, he'd be traded before the season started. Yeah,
2: well, he's got a ten-team no trade list now. But after I think,
1: actually, you specifically would, predicted he would get traded to Vancouver. At what point? I don't know when I. But I put a timetable on that, right? Yeah, before the season starts. Well, yeah, before that that was wrong. You want to go back to the Vancouver? Well,
2: no, 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 (laughs) no. I don't. I'm just going to take his being traded as a victory. (laughs) When is the
6: trade deadline this year? End of February, like February 28th or something. (laughs) Okay.
4: Write this down. Write
0: that down. I I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. All right, Jonathan. Based off of uh, last segment, College Game Day will be here for the Gophers Badgers game.
1: Wow. These wow! Are, you just jinxed it. I almost feel like the, one of those two. Like the the Badgers aren't going to go in the tank. Let's pull up the Badger schedule real quick here. Because yeah, the, Michigan the, tomorrow that's right?
0: the tougher one to get to because that or means they Ohio have State. to get through Ohio Penn State, State, State. And Penn State. And
6: They Iowa. have Ohio State a week from tomorrow. Okay.
1: Yeah, they have they have Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, and the Gophers. So my contention is, if that game is for the division and both are top twenty five teams, game days in play. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably looking for reasons to mix it up and go somewhere else, right? So game days and play. If they if it's like even a couple of two lost teams, but they're both top twenty five, the excitement. It would be it'd be fun around here. Yeah. My question Although, is, where do cool. they
0: put the set? Is it on the plaza? Because it's
1: at Target like the... Field. Or outside the stadium? Where do out...
0: they put the
2: set?
1: They're I mean, always they outside. Probably, they probably yeah, would stadium. put it in one of the would they, would they put it in one of the tailgate lots.
2: Oh, I hope they're not going to put it in Don and Babu's lot. Or you're going to have trouble. <laughs> Mark, Mark Coyle have hell hath no fury like uh, those two scorned if the tailgate. Yeah, yeah, Nadine and Don were taking your tailgate lot. Oh
6: boy, there will be hell to pay. Oh
2: boy, you would hell, you would fire and brimstone. You would be able to hear the curdling screams from Minneapolis everywhere in the. I'm state.
1: envisioning the uh, the the Elmo gif in a fiery room. <laughs>
5: Yes. Well, actually, you know what?
2: The only thing is, if they told Babu you you can be on the set and will and come on and talk, she'd probably be okay with it. Do
1: they close streets down? Because they could they could probably put Do it. You think we know? I, I so that's what i meant. <laughs> You're asking questions like we've had this before. We have they, to ask North Dakota. Yeah, well, when they go to North Dakota State, which they've done a few times, I think right, they literally close the whole down. street down. Well, they
2: they take Main Street, right? Yeah, they take their Main Street it's Fargo. So, but I think at... Well. I think at the college campuses, they ordinarily ha- have it outside the stadium, mm-hmm. but you're probably right. Tailgate lot would probably be very much in play. You could probably do it. Because you wouldn't put it on the corner by the stadium, right?
1: Would you put it in the, uh, what's that little area, the the front lawn, like outside Kaufman Union? But you want the stadium I mean, want, in the back. I was going right? to say, that'd be too far yeah. away, wouldn't it? Oh,
4: well,
1: we'll see. It would be cool. Yeah. We'll see in about uh, two months, month and a half.
4: Write this down. All
1: right, over to Manny.
6: Marcus Sherrills will return a punt for a touchdown on Sunday. Wow. He's back? Is that what you're saying? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he hasn't looked the same. Yeah, he's just been doing a bunch of fair catches so, so far. Very un- warming up. I think, I think he'll take one to the house. Very on un-
1: marcus Sherrills. And, and Manny gets the batting average up a few points and starts swinging for homers again. Damn, here, man, Write it slu- down. You like writing things down? He
2: up. is. He, you, you are,
1: let's see, who, who could you be?
2: Chris Carter. You're yeah. Chris Carter. You're uh, Trumbull.
1: Right? Yeah. Swing for the fences. Write this Adam down. Dunn. All right, write this down. The Gophers and the Vikings will not lose another game in October. They they each play two games. The Gophers and the Vikings will win all four of their games between now and November. Write it down. Okay.
4: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay,
2: back to Judd. The Washington Nationals will win the World Series. Ooh. I like it. They, will, they will take out probably, almost certainly Houston. But you know what? Strasburg, Scherzer.
1: Woo. What will the Brian Dozer celebration look like oh, goodness. in that clubhouse <laughs> if the Nationals win the World Series?
2: Oh he'll will be Will Brian
1: Dozer sacrifice himself over like
2: over like a tall boy of Bud Light? What can he do? What, what's the next step in the Doge celebration? What's the next step for him? I mean he, he's already danced around with the tall boys and he's got no shirt on. his shotgun a beer? I think he's done that already. Right? Has, he, has he done that? I'm going to guess
1: the Brian Dozier shotguns of beer for breakfast every day.
2: <laughs> you know what, Doge? When Do- no you don't. When Doge was here, at the end, Doge got in like the last two years or so, incredible shape. Like he cut out red meat, I think, and all that. Look at Doge now without the shirt on. I think he's sort of gone back to being Doge.
1: I think when <laughs> when when, you, when it's the end of the year and you're no longer the starter, Howie Kendrick is the starting second baseman. I'm with you on this. I think you can cut a few corners, right? Oh, after, believe me, I'm yeah. not. You're going to eat a rodeo burger We're and back drink to some. Billy Doge?
2: I'm not passing judgment here, but Doge looks like he's having fun again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Write Doge this does. down. Good for him. Write it down. Yeah. You
2: like writing things
4: down.
1: All right, back to Jonathan.
2: Uh, another
0: Gophers one's here. Rutgers will get shut out this weekend, and the Gophers will win by at least 21 points.
1: Okay. Yeah, Rutgers has scored seven points in conference play, in yep. four games. <laughs> They've been outscored like 140 or something to seven, or 120 yeah. to seven. It's really, really bad. And was it one passing yard? Was I right on that? <laughs> yes. one, yeah, One, one, right. one passing yeah. yard last yeah. week? So they'll win by at least 21 points, you yeah. said? okay. So I think I the make spread
0: sure. is 28 and a half right now. Jeez. Why, why? Why is this happening? I don't
6: have a pencil. Well, remember. Like I said, down. what is the point? I've said it a couple times on Twitter. What is the point of Rutgers football?
1: And I, I love how the, apparently there's chatter about... Oh, I gotta save the program. Gotta get Greg Schiano back in. Yeah. Save the program. Yeah. Get us back to seven wins every year. Whatever Greg Schiano did yeah. at Rutgers, for they
6: God's had the sake. one year I think with Ray Rice where they won like nine games. I think. Yeah, they so, went
1: nine and four, and it was a
4: celebration. Write it down. You oh. like writing things down? It's,
1: I love how like we're Rutgers is so bad that we as Gophers fans and followers can clown on that. We're sitting here all like, yeah, Rutgers, what a joke.
5: Why going <laughs> <even laughs> to waste our time? Yeah.
1: The Gophers. All right, back to Manny.
6: Uh, the Astros will clinch the American League pennant tonight. Okay, They will take care of business against the Yankees tonight. And you will hear it right here in Score North. You will? Wow. Very
4: nice. In fact, that coverage starts right CDA. after our show's over. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Write right.
1: that down. It's been corrupted
4: by commercialism now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is sacred anymore. Everybody has an
1: agenda. Yep, yes. Exactly. All right. Write this down. The Twins will sign a starting pitcher to a four-year contract or more this winter.
5: Hmm.
1: And I'm, I'm including options. If it's like a three-year deal with an option, just you're not, four years. But you're not going to pigeonhole yourself into a name? Uh, not yet. I saw that Rami did last week. Rami predicted like he had like four or five pitchers, like Zach Wheeler's in, in the mix. Um, I will at some point. Okay. At some point. We still have time. Free agency doesn't open up for a few weeks. All right. And then they, like no one's going to sign until March anyways. It's baseball. Write it down.
4: You like writing things down. March. Write this down.
1: That's early. What are you talking about? Yeah. It was Kimbrel June. All right. Back to yep. Judd.
4: Ah, uh, my third, write
2: that down. Rutgers will throw for more than 50 yards on Saturday. Wow.
5: <laughs> they will, Fire everybody they will torch hand. the are Gophers' gonna, secondary. Are talk about
0: the demise of the Gophers' defense late in the season once again?
2: Rutgers will unveil the forward pass. It's a new thing
1: <laughs> on Saturday afternoon in New Jersey. And look at the boys as they throw the ball forward for the first time. It's Rutgers football. Yeah, I've been joking all week. On that Big think, Time Network.
6: I've been joking all week that I think the... Rutgers will score the most points against the Gophers, more points against the Gophers than they will against any other Big Ten team, and it might be like 13
1: points. Yeah, if this if, if, <laughs> if, this, if this turns into a shootout, and by shootout I mean Gophers win 42-10 to 10 over Rutgers. <laughs> They're not going to cover that spread, right? You don't think the Gophers 30... are going to cover the, the 28? I mean, Rutgers can't score. If, if guys, Rutgers scores 10, the Gophers only need 38 points to get to the spread. I have to bring this up
6: for the sake of this conversation. Do you guys know... That Rutgers in a game against Michigan three years ago had thirty-nine yards of total offense. That's amazing. Well, wait, wait they had more yards in penalties that game than they did in total offense. What's worse though? They lost seventy
2: to nothing. Or one passing yard. Like one passing yard is damn hard to pull off.
1: Yeah, one passing yard in today's football, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Especially when you're like think about this too. You're behind all game and you're losing these games by forty points. And I get that the defense then gets to tee off on you because they know you're passing, but you get to throw the ball like 60 times if you want to.
2: And teams lose interest. Like, defenses are like, yeah, whatever. whatever
4: right? just, we're up 40 uh, nothing. Our backups yeah, are in. Oh, just man, there's a 30-yard pass. Yeah, the
1: Gophers better really destroy Rutgers tomorrow <laughs> for all the trash we're talking about them right
4: now. Write it down. You <laughs> like writing things down. Write this down.
1: All right, are we back to Manny here? Uh, oh, no, we're over to uh, Jonathan. to Jonathan. Jonathan, sorry.
0: The Vikings will lose three games or less over the remaining portion of their schedule.
2: What? Well, we're going to do this exercise next, and ac- actually, he's not as crazy. Actually, as yeah, because that would be eleven and five. That's
1: eleven not, and five. that's yeah, not, not crazy. All right, but yeah. Before we dive into that, because we will dive into that before the show's over here. So we'll
4: write this down. Text. All
1: right, back to Manny.
6: <laughs> All right, I decided not to throw my balls into my predictions last week, and I should have just predict- predicted them to win because they then won against Mississippi State. I'm going to throw them back into my predictions here. Case of death. Why are you doing this? Honestly, you just—I hope you picking them to lose. Well, yeah, of course I'm picking them to lose, <laughs> but they—they will—they will cover against Alabama tomorrow. What's the spread? Thirty-four and a
5: half. <laughs>
0: you were just sitting on that thirty-four while we were making fun of Rutgers for being twenty-eight. Yeah, it's—it's
6: it's, it's, honest to
2: God, an SEC game with that. I mean, yeah. Big Ten's embarrassing. Even That's after even, home, even
6: right? after getting a win last week, it's like, yeah, thirty-four and a half.
4: Man. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down.
1: All right. You know what? Just, I'll put my money where my mouth is. The Gophers will cover the spread against okay. Rutgers. And I'm sorry. Tw- Are we going with 28, 28 and a half? Um, Gophers will cover. You know what? I'll even give you the half. 28 and a half. Okay. Gophers will cover the 28 and a half. All right, big spender. I think most sharps would say that's a lot of points. Just. Yeah. Faded, but here we are.
2: I bet Furman's betting it.
1: You probably, we that, should check in with Furman sometime. Furman,
2: Furman's the greatest derelict I
1: know. <laughs> he's, I love what Chris he's Long's pretty bad. But t- I think he's coming. He was just a, this daily wager show he's on every day. He's I like half shaven and eyes are something. He bets
2: college hockey. He's been up. When is the yeah. time to shower? When is the time to groom oneself? When you were betting college <laughs> hockey, the Imagine. fact that he knows college hockey is hilarious yeah. to me.
1: All right. When we come back, that's by the way. That's write that down. Every single week, five o'clock on Fridays, we put our money where. Our mouth is we keep track of each other's predictions, an accountability session. We keep track of the batting averages, and uh, we make three predictions each. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And we will we will repick the Vikings schedule from this point forward.
0: The Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from the Score North Twins show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Roycey Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Or just search Score North S K O R North anywhere you find your podcasts.
1: All right. Get ready for some NFL Films music here, Jonathan. Let's do it. Because we're gonna go through this schedule. I'll throw it out to you guys. Uh not, not and, and, and the news that came down today, Pat Mahomes, it's the best case scenario injury for him. He didn't he didn't completely destroy his It's knee injury, right? And yep. That's what they're classifying it as. He didn't completely destroy ligaments. It sounds like he's going to be out for at least three weeks, though, and that means in the Vikings game is three weeks from now against Kansas City. Yeah, he'll miss that game. So he's not going to play in that game against the Vikings. Matt Moore. And, and the last time the Vikings played, Matt Moore? 2010 in Carolina, and he threw for
2: 299 yards in the Oof. game where Childress tried to yank Brad Favre. <laughs> that's so great. That was sort of the beginning
1: of the end of, the of uh, at least publicly, the Favre-Childress uh, Thing. And Matt Moore, one of many examples. Dan Orlovsky was this. If you're just not a complete dimwit, you can be a backup quarterback in the NFL. For a long time. Our oh. guy say Josenfels was, jokes about it all the time. He was a backup for 12 years and made millions of dollars. And, Matt Mo- Mell,
2: and so Matt Moore, what, he didn't play last year? I think he was out of the league, yeah. out of the sport. and then scouting resurf- with the Dolphins. Yeah, and then yeah. he resurfaces.
0: What a job. By complete dimwit, do you mean tweeting about how you're a really great quarterback and have parents tweet the same things? Is that what you're referencing? It,
1: it wasn't a Kyle Slotter shot as much as it was a Christian Ponder shot, actually. that if, I don't think Christian enjoyed it, though. Do you? But like, if you're a first round pick, like I just don't think you liked it. If you're a first round pick, why are you? Why are you not holding a clipboard six years in after your? Because yeah, you just don't just, like it. Yeah,
2: I guess that was a weird draft. Ponder <laughs> out. Locker retired. That was a really weird draft. You guys
1: want to pick the schedule here? The Vikings are four and two it's right my now. Second
2: time today doing it. Of course, I want to do it.
1: Are you gonna? Are you gonna deviate from? Uh, uh, you know, your I have lost.
2: One? I have lost my morning projection sheet. I think I accidentally crumbled it up and threw it away, but I'm not going to purposely deviate from the fact that I am even more optimistic about, which is really weird, because after week four, it (laughs) felt like all hell was
1: breaking loose. Actually optimistic. So we're going to go around the table. We'll go, I'll go first, and then Judd, and then Jonathan. And I've got all of us starting at four and two. That's the Vikings record right now. Yep. At Detroit this weekend, win. Yep. Win. All all of us have them beating the Lions this weekend. So they're gonna overcome some makeup calls by the officials? Is that what's gonna happen? Are the
2: Lions gonna come out and be PO'd and play hard, or are they going to be PO'd but really tired too? Short week, defeated when they know they shouldn't have been. Yeah,
1: I almost feel I like I can't it, get a feel for how they're gonna be. This game for them, I don't think they have to win it to prove, but like if you're the Lions and, and people are trying to figure out, all right, did Matt Patricia figure something out with this team? Is this team buying into Matt Patricia? If they get smoked by the Vikings in this game at home, it's probably a sign that, all right, things aren't as great as it, as they seemed the first month and a half. If Matt. they get smoked
2: by the Vikings at, at home in this game, I think that could put Patricia on the track to being fired. Because that's going to speak volumes about... Because this is now supposed to be his team, his guys more so. So, yeah, I could see that being... And it, well, wouldn't that be unfortunate if Matt Patricia got fired?
1: I have no beef with Matt Patricia. I don't like him at all. I, I think he's I'm compelling. That, I'm going to make that very clear. Interesting guy. All right. Home against Washington, short week... Thursday, October twenty fourth. Win, not only a win, but they they might beat uh, uh,
2: Washington. Like the Gophers are going to beat Rutgers <laughs> on Saturday. Washington is. I, I at one point had some fear about this game because it's you know cousins against this former yeah, team. You dropped up fear
1: for like a month. In I know the I did, but about this game they're so
2: bad. I mean, Adrian, <laughs> yeah. what's Adrian going to? Oh, I'm I'm going to show them. He's going
1: to fumble, and they runs. dusted off. Their future quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, uh, in the game. Oh, right? I should have done a write that down on this game. It's next Thursday.
2: Why didn't I do a write that I should have done yeah. a write that down. Adrian Peterson will fumble at least twice. Dude, well, you, you still can still get these on the
1: record. Let's open, hey, it's an open window. Adrian a- Peterson okay. fumbles
2: twice? Adrian Peterson fumbles I twice. At least twice. At least twice. I'm not going to say that he loses both because that's sort of arbitrary and weird. But I'm going to say that he fumbles at least twice, and you I, know the, the
0: Vikings in. defense will be triggering in on that. They'll
2: be, keying of course, in they on will. That. Harrison Smith will force both of them, probably. You yeah.
1: know what? I'm going to say this: this is a primetime game. Kirk Cousins throws for at least, I'm going to say at least two seventy-five two touchdowns Whoa. and no interceptions in that game against Washington, and the Vikings win. So Kirk Cousins silences the primetime doubters. Now, usually when you're playing a primetime game, it's against a quality mm-hmm. opponent like the Bears or That's the Seahawks. The thing here, but yeah. if you're Thursday playing Washington. Football. But you know what? It's a prime time game, and part of the checklist for Kirk Cousins is prime time. Yeah, Absolutely. Write it down. All right, I'm adding these to the list. You want to throw one in here, Jonathan? Uh, not yet. <laughs> we'll get
0: there. Uh, I think if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback here for this one, then the Vikings win this in a blowout. I think if, if it's Case Keenum, though, it's a little bit closer, but it's still going to be a Vikings win no matter win what. either way.
1: Okay, yeah. so we we all have them uh, winning the next two games on the road against Kansas City without Pat Mahomes. That's a win. I think that's a win. It's a bad
2: defense, right? KC? Mm -hmm. So this whole thing was was supposed to be, well, man, Zim's defense against Mahomes is going to be great fun to watch, but it's going to be really difficult to stop them.
1: still not a gimme because it's still a really good team. No, it's not, but I think it's a
2: win. But now you give
0: Mike Zimmer 10 days to basically prepare for Matt Moore.
2: And it's the revenge game from Carolina in 2009. Don't forget that. Not for Zim, but... Oh, who cares? It's, just, it's a good storyline.
1: Okay, another primetime game. I'll this is it. Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, Week 10. I'm going to say that's a loss. Yep. It's a road game. I'm with you on this. Dallas is probably going to be desperate to win two. Primetime, Kirk prime could, could show up. So I'm going to say loss. Hey so is plus. Jason
2: Garrett still employed at this point? I think,
1: Dallas, question. I
2: think Dallas gets... Uh, they're weird. I, I bet they... I think it's a close won loss. They've lost three consecutive games.
1: Dallas yeah. at this point, I bet they come back and win. Yeah.
2: So loss, a, loss, loss. Loss
1: for the Vikings. Okay. All right. How about home against Denver before the bye in week 11? You that get, is a win. Have you seen the
2: Broncos? Oh, Joe Flacco, by the way, do yourself a big favor. Go do something
1: else. If somebody was paying you $20 million to not go do something else, would you go do something else? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Well, Here's I Here's mean, $20 million to not go do something have, else. You know, have
2: some. Self awareness and pride. I mean, no, not who, till the not would, not till the contract. Who would over. purposely do something that they're bad at? Oh, forget about it. Okay.
1: <laughs> and Jonathan, are you saying like a win, win here? Yeah, this is an easy win. All right, and, and then the bye week, and then we go into the home stretch of the schedule. Five games left at Seattle Monday night after the bye week thirteen. I'm going to say they win that game. Whoa! I'm not lost. coming oh, out I'm of lost. the bye. I'm going to say okay. So you guys no, both that's have a, that's a
0: def- tough Seattle team. and that's a
2: definite primetime Kirk game. Yeah. Pants That's pulled a tough high. Seattle team. Pants pulled up. It's a
0: tough place to play. Only te- or tough place to win if you're the if you're the on. road team. Yeah. Only Teddy Bridgewater does that.
1: Home against Detroit, Week <laughs> Thanks, 14, Matthew. noon game. That's a win. Win. Yeah, win. What about last three games here at the Los Angeles Chargers? All three home games Sunday night. No, they're at the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Good point. The home game in Carson. Another uh, prime time game. Uh, the Chargers are having a tough. They're two and four to start the season. That's yeah, a,
0: win. a win. Chargers will give up at that oh my point.
1: My God, what have I done here? I got this as a win too. <laughs> well, I think you. I, I, think, I think we've all got what your two Se- losses. Your Seattle win was is
2: no
0: Mac- Mackey, You've only got one loss, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because he
0: gave him Seattle gave win. Seattle please.
1: home against Green Bay Monday Night Football December twenty third. Win, loss, really. So Jonathan says win. Judd says loss. Packers. Are good. I, I gotta put. I gotta hang a loss up here at some point. I'm gonna say loss. And Judd, you have a loss. I have a loss in this. Okay. I'm going to say loss, and then home against the Bears week 17. I, it's a win. They're not going to lose all these games in division. So I got to win there. Win.
0: It's a home game, final season, final game of the season. I think it's a win. Wow. Ugly
1: last year. Wow. They lost this game last year, but so I said I, I
0: gave them
2: two more losses. Judd has him 11 and 5. Which is up from did, did I have him at 10 and 6
1: preseason or 9 and 7? I, I think you had him at 10 and 6. I think I, think I, I had, him had him at an 8
0: and 8 in the preseason.
1: Well, yeah, Well, that's now that's you like have him 8, 7, and 1. Now you have them <laughs> 12 <laughs> and 4. <laughs> And I have them twelve and four, <laughs> but I but I said this, but th- this is not this is not out of line. I said eleven and five before the season, yeah. And I'm basi- what I'm basically doing here is I'm trading out the Kansas City game. Yeah, I mean pretty much right. Trading out the Kansas City game because Pat Mahomes is going to play. So twelve twelve and four. Fair. This schedule, like, look at it okay, got the, real, it got pretty easy. The toughest quickly. games left are at Dallas, at Seattle. And probably home against Green Bay in Chicago. But you get to play those games at home. Speaking
2: of, what does Green Bay have left way, if, you, if
1: you lose all those games that I just mentioned, if you lose at Dallas, at Seattle, and then home against Green Bay, home against Chicago, you're still 10-6. and six. So
0: Green Bay's schedule going forward. They have the Raiders this weekend. At home again, right? Yep. At They've home. been home a ton. Then they go out to Kansas City to face Patrick mahomes Chiefs.
2: Yeah, they get a nice break there. Yeah, They get
0: a home game at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Then the Panthers come to town and then they go out to San Francisco 49ers. That's
2: probably a loss, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's a hell of a game. Yeah,
0: then San Francisco.
1: I feel like in the post Joe Montana, like the last 20 years, post Steve Young, whenever the Niners have popped up, the first, your first instinct is like, this is for real. Right. What's the deal with these guys? And it's, Usually legit. Mm-hmm. The Colin Kaepernick, era, the, even the Alex Smith season they had before uh, Kaepernick. Oh, they've got a nice stretch in early December, too, yeah, for the Packers. final
0: five games at New York Giants, at yeah. home against Washington, at home against Chicago, and then obviously at Minnesota, and then wrapping up at Detroit. This is
1: going to be, this could be incredibly Dude, tight. The NFC is a bloodbath. So someone from the NFC East is going to get into the playoffs. That
0: second to last game could to decide the division.
1: And what you just said is a shame, potentially. Yeah. Well, think about this. So, so, so there's going to be like a nine and seven team from the NFC East, or maybe a ten and six team that gets in, mm-hmm. and then among the other divisions, you've got five playoff spots between Packers, Vikings, Bears, Saints, Panthers are four and two, Panthers, Panthers are, yeah, Panthers are playing well. Niners, Seahawks, and Rams. That's eight teams. The West and North are both pretty stacked. I mean the, the, the North West, is stacked. For God's sake, the, like like the Rams people are panicking on the Rams but I mean the Rams are still a really good team and, and, they, and they're they behind Seattle Ravens yeah so whew, this is going to be 10 and 6 might not be enough 10 and 6 might not get it done just a, kind of depending and the Lions I didn't even mention the Lions in that conversation the Lions are not a pushover and Sunday's huge too cuz if, if the Vikings lose at uh, Detroit on Sunday
2: 0 and 3 in the division already, yeah.
1: That's that's the thing. That's a real problem, then. Yeah, For if, tiebreaker purposes. That's a pain. You got to take care of business against Detroit twice. It's a huge game, and at least split the the last two games of the season to give yourself a shot. Like losing those first two games in the division puts you in a really tough spot, tiebreaker. And wise, you shouldn't but. have lost that Packer game. That's going to haunt them. I just have a bad feeling about that game. Just kind of like the Bills game haunted them last year. Yeah, we'll see. we'll right. see So all right. So well, that's wow. Judd's got them eleven and five, and Jonathan and I both have them twelve and four after the Packer injury. Skull Vikings. Well, that's uh, it's been somebody, going off in my head. I thought for the somebody last... would be firing Skull Vikings by
2: now. <laughs> Rick, Rick, last laugh, Rick. Uh,
1: maybe, we'll, maybe we'll make Patrick Royce readjust his prediction, but we'll uh, we'll wrap with Royce when we come back here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the free to download Score North app, which, uh, by the way, we're, we're constantly giving away awesome prizes on that and rewarding people. So if you don't have the Score North app, it's free to download. Apple, Google Play Store. Luther Brookdale Toyota has been a partner of Mackie and Judd or Mackie and Judd with Rami for quite a long time. And uh, they've been a partner of my family's going back to the 1980s. I mean, we've been going, we've been going to, uh, for a long time, it was the old Toyota city location. And the comparison I can bring up is probably Tampa Bay Rays, or I don't think they'd be offended if I said this Oakland A's where you've got all, you got the right team, you got the right front office, you got the right personnel and you just need a better facility. Well, a few years ago, They built a better facility on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And so now they've got the stadium and it's state of the art. You go in and uh, it's just some of the best, smartest, most knowledgeable people you're going to meet in the industry with some of the best vehicles and now one of the best facilities. It's the total package. Stop in and ask for a test drive. I highly recommend the brand new 2019 and soon 2020 RAV4s. These are becoming some of the most popular SUVs in the world and you just get a great combination of handling and safety features and technology. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, com.
0: Jonathan here with the final Score North download of the week. This one brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll use it to remind you one last time, Minnesota United playoff action this weekend. They're hosting the LA Galaxy. And you can join Dan Tara, Callum Williams, Kendra D. E. St. Alvin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday for the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field, pregame at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.43, if you want the exact timing, right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's when you're North. down. Now back to the final segment of the week of Mackie and Jonathan Romney.
1: All right, thank you, Jonathan. Let's wrap with Royce here. And Pat, you need to explain to us and the audience how and why you were shot down by MC Hammer for an interview.
8: All right, MC Hammer, when he was a kid, like a 14, 15-year-old in the 1970s, Charlie Finley had about three people working in his department, and he had this 14-year-old smart-ass kid who ran around, delivered messages to the dugout, delivered messages to the clubhouse. He started off as a bat boy, but he was basically Charlie's right-hand man. And it was Hammer. And the ball players his name is Sidney Burroughs or something, but the ball players thought he looked like Henry Aaron, so they started calling him Hammer, and that's where the whole name comes from wow. so Here's the guy he disappeared for what fifteen years, twenty, you know he didn't know what he was on some reality shows and stuff, but uh so I thought you know you put m c Hammer in a headline he's gonna be in Red Wings Saturday uh people would say what the hell, what's he, what's he been doing? And I uh, wanted to, uh, I was going to write about uh, the, 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 you know, when I I saw him as a kid, but I can't remember it. But I remember I was covering the Twins at the same time. He was running around the clubhouse down there like he ran the damn place, and he was a cocky little SOB. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be a fun, uh, fun column with him being in town at Treasure Island for, the hammer block party or house party or something and they were working on it for 3 weeks but at the end uh, at the well, I knew I was in trouble yesterday when they asked me to email my questions and then today ah he doesn't have time
1: so wait did, so did you, you did you so he rejected the email Q&A too? He rejected the email Q&A. Oh. So, you know,
8: when you get when you get you know, when you get stiff by hammer, you got problems. So.
1: I mean, if you're getting stiff by MC Hammer in nineteen ninety one, I can understand that. That's that's big that's time. Man.
8: That's a lot different. But plus the other thing I wanted to ask him is, you know, my my friend Wicker used to always insist there were at least three hammers because there was no sporting event where he wasn't there. Remember that? He was he was at every sporting event, every big fight, every there was hammer. There's sometimes Sometimes he was at two events a night, and when Wicker was convinced there were at least three hammers. So I wanted to I was gonna have fun with that idea and how big he used to be, and now he's here, and you know how he started with Charlie Finley. I thought it'd be a nice, a different column, but uh, didn't work
3: out. Man. He's coming into town. Tell the for-
8: them. I hope his career goes right back in.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, no, I think it has. He he's he's going to be where Red Wing? Did you say Treasure Island?
8: Yeah, he's, it's the Hammer House Party. It's the MC Hammer House Party, and they got a bunch of other acts on. And I'm not sure if they're all retro acts or not. But uh, uh, anyway, it's uh, maybe L. Ice is there too. What the hell? They have a good time together.
1: What's funny is when, you, bring in? when you when you Google MC Hammer. There's a there's a section on Google that says people also searched for, and then it gives you all other ones. And the, the very next one is Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Royce knows pop culture, okay? Rick James yeah. is after that, if you guys want.
8: Yeah, well, I, well, Hammer, I mean, it was unbelievable how big he was for about three or four years. He was everywhere, but he managed to kick away all his money, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's how you get back. That's how when you're 60 years old and you're going on the casino tour. That's that's what. Yeah, got, that's thank God, thank God, the that. casinos exist. My huh?
8: theory is they must have sold enough tickets that they didn't need to talk to me though. So. Probably, yeah. yeah Good I effort though, called. Patrick. My audience might not have been a let's go see Hammer audience anyway.
2: So. <laughs> Do you call him MC Hammer or what? Uh, what I would have called
3: him, I yeah. What would you call them? I suppose I would have called him Hammer.
8: You know, I would have called him Hammer as in Henry Aaron, not Hammer as in a, you know, a last name 'cause it was you know, it all comes from Henry Aaron. So
5: Pat. What, what, what I would ask
8: you ask him about meeting Henry and because apparently Henry in addition to looking like Henry, he's a big baseball fan. He was a big Ace fan when they were you know, when they were winning World Series and stuff, he was a little kid. So
1: Pat, what would your rap name be?
8: Uh, what was the fat guy who got shot?
5: Biggie Biggie, Biggie too.
8: Another Biggie, Biggie 2, D-O-O, but
1: uh, I could have... How about it. MC Gizmo? <laughs>
8: <laughs> MC Gizmo, yeah. Oh. That, that could have been... Uh, yeah, That would have that been... How about Vanilla
1: Nice? That would have been... Oh, that's good. Vanilla Nice. Okay,
2: but that wouldn't have been fitting, Patrick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would have been... But that's the thing. That's the funny part no about that. it. That's the irony. Yeah,
2: yeah.
5: See, that's... I'm not anyway. much for irony.
8: So, <sighs> all right. It didn't work out. Did you... Uh, did you run across this minor league story that yes. the Baseball America Wetmore world?
1: wrote something about it. Yeah. yes. Oh, who did? Wetmore's Wetmore. got a piece on scorenorth.com. So basically oh, yeah. Major League Baseball, Baseball America flushed out the beginning part of this. And then Wetmore... Oh, it's a huge story.
8: It's got to be 150
1: inches. Here. And Wetmore talked to, uh, I think it was Sean Aronson with the St. Saint Paul Saints and got their thoughts. So yeah. basically this, just for the audience... Major League Baseball is talking about trimming down the number of minor league affiliates to just have four per team. So you have 120
8: across the board. That would be the max you could have.
1: Yep. And and they're talking about getting rid of, just kind of getting rid of some of the crappy stadiums, but looking at a couple independent league teams that aren't affiliates, including the Saints and then the Sugarland Skeeters.
8: In the proposal, those are the only two names Sugarland is. some Somebody told me, I talked to actually Mike Beck very briefly today, and he's he's not real in tune on what's going on, but he said that uh, Houston is the one we heard started all this. The Astros are, somehow they got some they want Sugar Land, I guess. And I got to tell you, somebody from the Twins two three weeks ago, I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if uh, you could get a, your Midwest League team in uh, St. Paul? And he said, how about AAA a so, Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, So you know, then you could bring your pitchers in by Uber. You know, a guy could be, you know, somebody. Somebody could be if they still took batting practice. Somebody could get hurt in batting practice. You could have a guy over here in in a half hour, right?
2: So, Patrick, would would the Saints still exist then as an independent team, and you would add a Triple A team to that ballpark? I doubt it. What would happen?
8: That they, you know, Vecs group now. Vec doesn't have anything to do with non-independent baseball. He doesn't like MILB, but. His boss, you know, the head of the group. Gold Clang has got some minor league teams so and Gold Clang would probably be part of this. I, I don't know, but I would I would doubt it. I would think that it would be a a uh, you know, they're basically getting rid of all the short season teams. They all would be uh, long season, you know, they would all be wow. like 140, 130 or 140 games. And they they're getting rid of all the rookie league teams. You know, Elizabeth and then, and then those guys would just be in, like, Fort Myers, you know. Right. You either would make a full-season, low-A team, or you would be down in Fort Myers, you know, instead of having 40 guys down there, they'd have 80. But it's an interesting story. But, But I think it's really stupid to baseball with the problems they have with the game that you would now take baseball out of some of these pockets, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, I, I, I'm just trying to think, too, from the Saints' perspective. The Saints have thrived off being this, you know, independence. Yes. If, yes. if the Saints, I think a lot of people would go to the games if there was top prospects that they recognized, but would yeah. the vibe of Saints' games change a lot? Oh, if, hell yes. If you're yeah. playing
8: 140 games, if there's 70 of them, and they're playing in April, yeah. you know, they're just more cold-weather games, yes, it would change considerably.
1: But but the advantage would be with people follow prospects a lot more closely. Exactly. So if Royce Lewis came to town, or we'd something, watch game
2: much closer then, mm-hmm. which we, we don't
8: would have do had now. Much more information on Randy Dobnik if he'd been in St. Paul.
1: Anyway. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
2: yep. Uh, so is you're
8: the, very excited, Phil, about the prospect <laughs> of a game day, right?
1: Well, I think it would be. I think it'd be fun, and I think that this is. I, I, again, I'm not saying that the Gophers are the Gophers are feasting on a weak schedule, and they can play some offense, but. If they can just not train wreck leading into the Wisconsin game, and Wisconsin let's say loses to Ohio State, and we've got a one loss Wisconsin team and a two loss Minnesota team playing for the division uh, last game of the regular season, I think I think he is aren't they, to come.
8: Aren't they getting rid of Alabama? i getting sick of Alabama and LSU too. You know why not come up? That's what for we're talking about. Yeah. Penn State game, especially if Penn State's unbeaten. Yeah, I would think. It. Plus, I think when you go new places, you're doing better, right? I mean, you're, if you go someplace new. Uh, You know, Babu would have 100 people out there trying to make sure she was on TV. We uh, we talked about that. There'd be, like, 14-year-old kids in front of her, and she'd be tripping them and throwing them out of the way to try to get her big mug on on the telecast, so... Uh, you know, Judd and his wife would have to be
2: there too. That'd be that'd be fun.
1: As Nadine would say though, just make sure those ESPN cameras have high angle. Okay. Hi, yeah. High angle uh-huh. high angle yeah. shots.
2: Yeah. Everybody wants the high angle shots. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what it does. It's just it's a, it's it's a fixer. It makes you look great. It really does. Yeah, yeah, well
8: that's a. Uh you know, it took me a long while to realize that you shouldn't have horizontal stripes when you're a tub. So, uh, you know, I, you know, you got to go for the angles. That's that's for sure. I could, I don't know how, how high the angle would have to be for me though.
1: Yeah, is that one of your big life's regrets, Pat, not figuring out horizontal nah. stripes until later? Yes,
8: it is. <laughs> ah, come on. From there, there's some photos from the '80s that are really horror, or, you know, horrific. So holding back. You come know, on, Pat, like big thick horizontal stripes, not a good idea. Idea.
2: Patrick, the shot of you with, with a twins picture, I believe it, it's in Oakland, that surfaces constantly You know what's gonna happen it's so when great. I die.
8: When I die, they're gonna run in a four graph obit and that is gonna be on uh, that picture is gonna follow me to the grave. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Oh no yeah. question about it. Mm-hmm. But that
5: that shirt <laughs> you know what,
8: or whatever the, you know what you see when you look at that picture? This man drinks too much. <laughs> I look. That's what Rami looks like this morning. Right there, that picture of me. From
2: that 1970s. picture looks like a guy who's having fun on the, the road in the 70s and was probably at a discotheque hours before that conversation took place. That's what it looks like to me.
8: Yeah, I said on Twitter that this might have been the night I, that jacket got stolen from me the night my friend Augie... Uh, found this uh, attractive Latina gal in Oakland and convinced her he was Bill Butler, the Twins pitcher, and then they disappeared for the evening. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> there might be a little Butler child out there that we never heard about, so.
2: Yeah, she's like, man, it's a rich twins pitcher, Thank God. Uh, no, it wasn't him. It was just a journalist. Oh no! But thanks. Bill for Butler time. was about six
8: five and the most handsome guy he ever saw. Augie's oh, this, you know, little German from Springfield. You know, but he convinced her he was a left-handed <laughs> chucker for the Twins. Yep.
2: So. Actually, I'm George Clooney. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. works every time. Yeah. All
1: right, Pat. We'll talk Monday. All right. See you. See right, ya. Let's, uh, wrap it with Roycey. By the way, just Google Roycey 1970s. Oh, it's just great. The hair, the, the curly pop. hair. It's uh, its pretty amazing. All right, you can find our podcast, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, on the Score North app, on Spotify, on Apple, and you can find Vikings Vent Line right after that Vikings-Lions game is over here on Score North at 3 o'clock, plus Minnesota United in their first playoff game on Sunday night. But coming up next in about three minutes, maybe the
5: Astros wrap this up. You'll hear it here on Score North, the ALCS. Three inches at a time.